Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Today is April 18th, 2022, and our first story, Ukraine says the world should prepare for a nuclear attack. Even the Pope is warning of nuclear war. Russian state TV says World War III has begun because NATO is supplying the infrastructure for the war and Western citizens are actually fighting the war in Ukraine. We could be looking at real escalation, but maybe everyone kind of exaggerates whenever conflict breaks out thinking this will be the time World War III begins. In our next story, Alex Jones files for bankruptcy, three of his companies do at least. And in our last story, I address the death threats against us. If you like the show, give us a good review, leave us five stars, share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for the nuclear war, World War III nuclear strike news cycle. While many of us have been distracted by domestic issues over the past week or so, the war in Eastern Europe actually has been getting worse. Just the other night, we heard that Russia launched several attacks across the country, and now it's being reported that Russia has hit the western city of Lviv in Ukraine, getting dangerously close to NATO countries. Now, it's not the first time there's been a strike in this area, but it seems to be escalating. And now we're hearing from the president of Ukraine, this important message, he says he is warning the world to prepare for Putin to unleash a nuclear attack. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, buddy. I don't want to dis- dismiss it outright. There actually is a real concern that Vladimir Putin will launch a nuclear weapon of some sort for some reason. Perhaps it'll be a small tactical device, not a large ICBM or intercontinental ballistic missile. But the possibility is there because Russia seems to be operating under the premise there's an existential threat to their country. And that is a prerequisite for them firing a nuke, at least in Ukraine, perhaps in Eastern Europe. We're learning that two Nordic states might actually join NATO, with Russia warning them not to do so. Certainly that could make Vladimir Putin feel like Russia is facing an existential threat. No. But we're also concerned about the sinking of the Russian flagship, the Moskva, that was reportedly sunk by Ukrainian forces. Now, Russia initially said it was just a fire that sank their vessel. Perhaps they were embarrassed because they're fighting a ground war and their flagship sank. But a TV presenter on on, on Russian state TV said World War Three has effectively begun because Russia is not at war with Ukrainian infrastructure. Russia's at war against NATO infrastructure. The only real difference between 
whether it's a NATO versus Russia war and Ukraine versus Russia is the personnel. The reality is the West has continually increased the supplies being sent into Ukraine. Do you think Russia views this as Russia versus Ukraine? They don't. Since the start of things, Russia views this as a proxy state for the West. That's well, that's one of the reasons, if not the reason, Russia actually invaded. In 2014, the Russian president was ousted. Russia per- perceives this as an act by the West to oust the sitting president and basically take the country over with soft power. Believe whatever you want to believe. There's a lot of fog of war and propaganda out there. Western media just says Putin is evil and he's bombing civilians. And, you know, he is doing a lot of bad things. I mean, he started this war because he was losing the battle of soft power. But I think Russia's fear is that if Ukraine falls to the West, i.e. joining NATO or the EU, then we've controlled the entirety of their borders. We've shut down their access to the Black Sea, and that will cripple the Russian economy. Is that not an existential threat? Now, I'm not going to take Zelensky's word for it. Okay, look, as much as I can respect that he is concerned about his country, I think Ukraine is a beautiful country, and I'm, it's sickening to see what's happening. Zelensky has made desperate pleas before, and he's, and he's going to ratchet things up to 11 to convince you to send in the troops. But now the Pope is also warning about nuclear war or World War III, and it's like, okay, come on, come on, really? Guys, can we calm down? Everybody seems to think World War III is going to happen, and I've heard it a million times, so I'm not entirely convinced. But we do have Democrats calling for U.S. troops to go on the ground in Ukraine, which is the most psychotic thing I have ever heard. Are you nuts? That's basically like we should declare war with Russia and launch the nukes immediately. Yeah, send U.S. troops on the ground in Ukraine and see how long it takes Russia to be like, fire the missiles. Because they're not going to wait around if U.S. troops enter the fray. That being said, what's the difference? There are American veterans on the ground. There are British veterans on the ground. The international coalition, just because it's some kind of letter of mark, Russia is supposed to act like the weapons and personnel aren't coming from NATO. So perhaps, perhaps it is World War III. And you know why I'm more uh, um, willing to say World War III in this regard, as opposed to like the Cold War or proxy wars? Because this is a war in Europe. And it's with Russia's direct involvement. I wish I could say that it looks like things would calm down, but it actually looks like things are actually going to escalate, which has me worried. I don't know if we're going to see nuclear war again. We've been distracted by things like Elon Musk and Alex Jones and all these other stories. But maybe we are inching towards that moment. Or maybe not. Maybe Zelensky is just trying to fan the flames of of rhetoric, as it were, to convince the West to intervene. Otherwise... Ukraine is done. Russia will come in. They'll take control. But let's read what's happening. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member if you would like to support the work we do here. If you like these videos and you like our journalism, we have many reporters writing stories every single day. We have Ilad Eliyahu right here on the ground reporting from protests and other political moments, political events. That is only possible because you guys sign up as members. That's the reality. We want news and information to be free. We got to go and get it and bring it to you. If we put it all behind a paywall, a lot of people who should see it won't. So we set it up. It's free information. It's supported by you as members. We're not a nonprofit, but that's how it works. As a member, you get access to our exclusive TimCast IRL members-only shows, as well as many of our other members-only shows like The Green Room 
Tales from the Inverted World, new conspiracy shows coming in pop culture crisis. We're working on a lot more members only content. But if you like these videos and you think this news is important and people need to see it, we need your support as members if you can do it. But don't forget to like this video right now. Smash the like button, subscribe to this channel and share this video far and wide. I used to say that uh, with all of your support, sharing this video will be bigger than CNN. Well, now I can say CNN Plus launched. We're at least bigger than that. I really do appreciate it. Let's read the story from the New York Post. Zelensky warns the world to prepare for Putin to unleash a nuclear attack. Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky warned the world should prepare and urged that air raid shelters and anti-radiation medicine be readied for the potential calamity. Now, I've already heard reports that potassium iodide is in short supply. Of course, I've uh, let me just tell you, friends, I've had potassium iodide in our storeroom for like five years. I'll tell you how it works. This is basically what they give you when radiation is running amok because iodine, you ingest it. Then your body takes the iodine and puts it in your thyroid. If it's radioactive iodine, then it's going to damage your thyroid. If you take potassium iodide, your body gets its fill of iodine. And when the radioactive stuff comes in, it goes, no, no, no need. We have our fill. I guess theoretically, there are other ways you can do it. I'm not a doctor, so don't take my word for it. Talk to a doctor about how to appropriately, appropriately do it, because I don't know what the right you know, dosage or anything is. But there's also iodine in like table salt or whatever. That's really what it's for. But if you're, if we're talking about like massively radioactive objects with like gamma wave radiation coming off, yo, steer clear. Those are the fears. In an interview with CNN that aired Sunday, Zelensky was asked whether Putin would deploy chemical or tactical nuclear weapons. Quote, not only me, all of the world, all of the countries have to be worried because it can be not real information, but it can be truth. Chemical weapons, they should do it. They could do it for them. The life of people, nothing. That's why, Zelensky said, we should think, not be afraid, not be afraid, but be ready. But that is not a question for Ukraine, not only for Ukraine, but for all the world, I think. Now, look, far be it from me to sit here and be like the guy who's losing a war is saying the world should be panicking. You know, far be it from me to call him a liar. But I do think it's fair to say, take it with a grain of salt. In an interview with Ukrainian media Saturday night, Zelensky warned of the real possibility of nuclear attack. We shouldn't wait for the moment when Russia decides to use nuclear weapons. We must prepare for that. I got to be honest, he's right. He, he's right, right there. It's not so much to say Russia will do it, but they could. And if they do, are we going to be sitting here with our, with our hands under our butts? Or are we going to be like, we are prepared in the event that there is a tactical nuclear strike? Tactical nuclear strike, I think that's infinitely more possible. I believe that Vladimir Putin could and would use nuclear weapons in Ukraine. But please stop. I'm not talking about multiple independently retargeting, or I'm sorry, multiple independently targeting reentry vehicles or MIRVs, ICBMs that fly up into the stratosphere and then drop 10 to 12 warheads. I'm talking about nuclear artillery. I'm talking about much smaller yield weapons, 100 kiloton bombs. That stuff has a real potential. The idea that Putin is going to launch a nuke and blow up New York. No, no, no. I think for the most part, for the time being, we're fine. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, 
and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. I think in Eastern Europe, they should be prepared. He goes on to mention the anti-radiation medicine and things of that nature. But it's not just the president of Ukraine. It's also the Pope. The Wall Street Journal reports Pope Francis prays for peace in Ukraine and warns of nuclear war. Warning of nuclear war like it might happen or warning of the dangers of nuclear war, please. The context here is really important. I think everybody's screaming at the top of their lungs. I think you'd be stupid not to be prepared for the worst case scenario. I really don't think there's going to be a World War Three nuclear war unless, of course, it may have already started, I guess. Take a look at this. Russian state TV claims Ukraine invasion has already escalated into World War Three. I got to be honest, um, this they have a point. You don't got to like Russia to point out how they feel may may encourage nuclear weapons. A Russian state TV host claimed the reason Vladimir Putin's special operation in Ukraine is taking so long is because the nation has entered World War Three. Presenter Olga Skabayeva implored Russia One viewers to recognize the country is now fighting against NATO. One can safely call what has escalated into World War Three. That's absolutely for sure. Right now, we're definitely fighting against NATO infrastructure, if not NATO itself. We need to recognize that. Not wrong. Not wrong. What do you think Russia does? I mentioned this in previous videos as it pertains to war in, in Eastern Europe. Do you think Russia is sitting there going like, their Russian tanks, uh, their, their NATO tanks, their NATO missiles, their NATO guns, their citizens of Western countries like the U.S. and and, Nor- and and the Baltic states. But it's not them fighting us. Nah, look, the only thing, the only difference between this and any other standard war between great powers, NATO ain't declared anything yet. But our people sure are there armed with our weapons and we are supplying more weapons heavy weapons. Take a look at this from the Financial Times. NATO states agree to supply heavy weapons to Ukraine. This story from April 8th. Russia admits significant losses of troops as Donbass region prepares for fresh offensive. Do you think Vladimir Putin and Russia will be like, we lost in Ukraine? Bye. I don't think so. I really do not think so. And NATO is supplying heavy weapons, advanced weaponry to Ukraine. If Russia loses and the Moskva was sunk, a Russian flagship in the, in the, I believe in the Black Sea, if Russia is actually forced to retreat, you think they'll just be like, oh, shucks. Or do you think Vladimir Putin will be like, I will not back down. Fire. Here's what scares me. I believe that if Russia fired something like a 100 kiloton bomb on Kiev, the war would be over. He won. NATO would not retaliate. 
Now, the sanctions would be bad, but that would be the end of it. Russia would win. Nobody would want to escalate beyond that for fear of Russia actually firing intercontinental ballistic missiles at their own capitals. So how do you stop Russia when Russia is targeting a country that is not part of any alliance, not part of the EU or NATO? You let them win. That's the scary reality. I genuinely think Putin could strike Kiev. Western uh, individuals who volunteer in, in, in Ukraine would probably scatter. There would, be, there, there would be deserters across the Ukrainian military. Not all of them, but many people would be like, they're nuking us. What chance do we have? You know, Kiev would be obliterated. Civilians, 100,000 would be dead. But Putin would be like, it's done. Now, this for the civilian reason is why I don't think Putin would actually hit Ukraine. Because many Russians view Ukrainians as, you know, similar the languages are similar. In fact, my friends, uh, the, the friend, I, I don't want to give away too much information about the people I know in Ukraine, but people I know in Ukraine, they speak several languages, some just a couple, some many. I'll leave it at that. There's a lot of danger right now to uh, uh, like giving away too much information about what's happening with people in Ukraine. Obviously, there's a war going on, but um, I don't think Russia wants to kill civilians. I think Russia is willing to kill civilians in the pursuit of of destabilizing the existing government. Vladimir Putin does not view Zelensky favorably. And we saw this in uh, 2014 when the sitting president was ousted. Russia views it as a US CIA backed coup. Call it what you want. War is war. Of course, Russia has their reasons. NATO member states have agreed to supply new types of advanced weaponry to Ukraine, alliance reps said as Kiev prepares for an offensive by Russia in the country's east. The pledge came after a plea from Ukraine's foreign minister for Western countries to move faster with supplies or risk seeing many people die. This, uh, they say six weeks since Vladimir Putin ordered the invasion, this we understand, that has sparked demands from Kiev for Western countries to supply more heavy weapons, armor, and advanced systems. Ukraine's foreign minister, Dmitro Kuleba, said he would use a NATO meeting in Brussels to ask for aircraft, missiles, armored vehicles, and heavy air defense systems, among others. Let's go back to World War II. Why was it that the Axis powers declared war on the United States? One reason, we were supplying weapons to their enemies. And they said, we need to cut those supply lines, force the U.S. to use those weapons for itself, so we get attacked. Again, many other reasons, but that was a big one. Well, that was a big mistake, because then what did you get? You got American flesh and blood storming the beaches of Normandy in an, uh, and many other beaches in what is viewed as an insane siege in Europe. It's crazy. But we won. We shut them down. Now, if Vladimir Putin is looking at this conflict, the one thing he's probably worried about is U.S. soldiers getting involved. With us supplying weapons, he might view it similarly to how the Axis powers did. They're basically the backing of which we are, we are at war with. And that's what that Russian state TV presenter said. Zelensky appeals for stronger, more destructive sanctions. Says up to 3,000 Ukrainian soldiers are dead. More sanctions? What do you think Putin's thinking about the sanctions? Russia's already called the sanctions total war. The sanctions imposed on Russia have caused a bit of turmoil, but it's also forced Russia to become a bit more resilient, creating their own economic systems, pushing back against the West. Vladimir Putin warned 
He said that if you wanted to buy oil from them, it had to be in rubles through Russian bank accounts. Well, when European countries refused, he didn't do anything. So maybe it's a lot of bluster. Maybe. I still genuinely believe that Vladimir Putin will not accept defeat, and that could involve the use of low-grade, low-tier nuclear weapons. The Daily Mail reports just today, first images show Putin's doomed flagship Moskva on fire and sinking into the Black Sea after being shot by Ukraine as conscripts tell of horrors on board with hundreds thought to have died. I can't show you the photos because they're a bit too brutal. I I apologize. I mean, it's just war stuff, but, you know, YouTube has their limits. There was damage to the hull of the ship. It looks like a missile hit it. Now, the reporting is that a Neptune missile from Ukraine struck the flagship of the Russian Black uh, Black Sea Fleet and sank it. Russia denied it. Where does Ukraine get these weapons? From NATO. If NATO was not involved, Russia would have gone in and shut down Ukraine instantly. NATO, the West overtly are supporting Ukraine. How are we not involved in this war? Now, the question is, does Russia actually have the means to fight a war with NATO? Technically not, but they do have nukes. And that means Russia might be like, I'll call your bluff. You know, I'll look at it this way. Imagine there's a short guy at a bar and, uh, you know, he's got a girl and this big dude walks over and starts hitting on that girl. And then all of a sudden the girl's like, I'm actually going to go hang out with this guy. He's going to be like, dude, what? Like, I'm here. I'm paying for this. So then dude comes up grabs the woman. She's like, no, she's with me. Well, all of a sudden, you see, that's the invasion. That's the war. You don't do that. You've aggressed. Big dude says, I can beat you up. But little dude opens up his, you know, shirt jacket and shows a gun. Now we got a question. Big dude could beat up little dude. NATO could crush Russia. Russia's got a gun. Big dude's got guns too. But he's like, oh man, what do we do? Is this going to result in a shootout? Are other people going to get hurt? Is this whole place going to get messed up? There's the challenge. I know, probably a silly analogy, but here we go. Then look at it this way. The chick stomps on the foot of the dude, but she's wearing a boot given to her by the big guy. And the boot hurt dude's foot. I know, maybe we don't actually need the analogies, whatever, you get the point. Well, little dude says, you know what? Fine, I'm not going to use my weapons, but I'm going to call in my buddies. The AP reports Syrian fighters ready to join the fray or as they call it, the next phase of Ukraine war. My friends, in the scenario I have given you, it sounds like a bar brawl is about to break out, right? Well, scale that up. Could it potentially be nuclear war? Maybe the bunch of people in the bar are like, dude, dude, stop. We don't want to fight. Just let the big dude take your girl. And the small dude's like, no, he's not going to back down. No way. He's like, I'm tired of being made fun of for being short. And so he refuses to back down. He calls over some of his buddies. They're ready to join him in the fight. Big dude backs away and tells the girl, it's all you, man. And now the girl is boxing with the short dude and his friends. But the big dude's just giving her, you know, like a boot. I don't know. At some point, the big dude's going to have to step in, right? Maybe not. Maybe he says, I didn't care about that chick all that much. Anyway, dude, I was just hitting on her. Well, let's bring it back to reality. Syrian fighters may join the fray. We've already seen some. The AP reports during a visit to Syria in 2017, Vladimir Putin lavished praise on a Syrian general whose division played an instrumental role in defeating insurgents in the country's long-running civil war. Now, members of Brigadier General 
Suhail al-Hassan's division are among hundreds of Russian-trained Syrian fighters who have reportedly signed up to fight alongside Russian troops in Ukraine, including Syrian soldiers, former rebels, and experienced fighters who fought for years against the Islamic State. So far, only a small number appears to have arrived in Russia for military training ahead of deployment on the front lines. Although Kremlin officials boasted early in the war of more than 16,000 applicants from the Middle East. U.S. officials and activists monitoring Syria say there have not yet been significant numbers of fighters from the region joining the war. Analysts, however, say this could change as Russia prepares for the next phase of battle with a full-scale offensive in eastern Ukraine. They believe fighters from Syria are more likely to be deployed in the coming weeks, especially after Putin named General Alexander Dvornikov, who commanded the Russian military in Syria, Syria as the new war commander in Ukraine. Well, where do you think this leads to? Does it eventually just get to the point where, I mean, I mean, we're there. Western country civilians go into Ukraine and the countries are like, we didn't declare war. They chose to go. What's the difference? You know, I think back to the um, refugee crisis and the immigration crisis in the U.S. and Europe. You have videos of thousands of people marching towards the U.S. border, flying the flag of their country. And what did the right call that? An invasion. They said, we are being invaded. Large swaths of people are coming and they're flying their country's flag. How is it any different? NATO, civilians, they may not be flying American flags. They can fly Ukrainian, but they are citizens of these countries. At what point does Russia say, I've got to go after Western resources? What if Vladimir Putin strikes NATO uh, naval forces? Take a look at this. Russia calls increased NATO military activity in the Arctic worrying, warns of unintended incidents. Russia is worried about increased activity of NATO forces in the Arctic and sees unintended incidents occurring in the region. In March, Finland and Sweden, which are both considering join, joining NATO, conducted combined NATO military drills. The recent increase in NATO's activity in the Arctic is a cause for concern. Another large-scale scale military exercise of the alliance was recently held in, nor, uh, uh, in northern Norway. We also had Russia fly fighters over Swedish territory, an island, with nuclear weapons, armed with nuclear weapons. Who will strike first? Perhaps it'll be Russia. Perhaps Russia will say, your increased military presence is a threat to us and just hit NATO forces. Maybe that's what NATO wants, justification. I think NATO wants to get involved. We got it from the Democrats. CBS Evening News reports, members of President Biden's own party, the Democrat, like Democratic Senator Chris Coons, say it's time for the president to consider sending in U.S. troops to Ukraine to help fight Russia. The president has repeatedly said he won't. Yeah, it's very unpopular. With election coming up, you don't want to lose. Trump will get in, this will all be over. But what if someone strikes NATO, NATO ships? What if we see another Gulf of Tonkin incident? What if Finland says, oh no, we've been hit, we're sinking. And then U.S. says, we have to intervene. Russia has gone too far. We are obligated under, uh, you know, certain treaties. What if he hits NATO forces? What if it's, it's an accident? Either way. What if there's a false flag? I don't know. We stand on the edge of a very serious conflict. CBS News reports the transcript. Margaret Brennan says, in some public remarks this week's this week, you said the country needs to talk about when it might be willing to send troops to Ukraine. You said if the answer is never, then we are inviting another level of escalation and brutality by Putin. Are you arguing that President Biden was wrong when he said he would not send troops to Ukraine? Are you asking him to set a red line? 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Coons goes on. I think those of us in Congress who have a critical role in setting foreign policy and in advising the president in terms of his decision as commander in chief need to look clearly at the level of brutality. This is a moment of enormous challenge for all of us. And I deeply respect Biden's leadership, blah, 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 blah. But this is a critical moment. If Vladimir Putin, who has shown us how brutal he can be, is allowed to just continue to massacre civilians, to commit war crimes throughout Ukraine without NATO, without the West coming more forcefully to his aid, I great, I, I, I great, I deeply worry that what's going to happen next is that we will see Ukraine turn into Syria. The American people cannot turn away from this tragedy in Ukraine. I think the history of the 21st century turns on how fiercely we defend freedom in Ukraine. And that Putin will only stop when we stop him. I'll close with this, Margaret. This is a weekend when so many families gather to celebrate the very best in the, uh, in the human spirit. And we were at, and where we grieve the loss of many of those due to COVID. We should also be prayerful and mindful of those who are fighting for freedom in Ukraine and how much their heroism and patriotism inspires the rest of us. Troops on the ground. Yeah, OK. World War Three, then, if that's what you want, I certainly don't. How could it start? How about this? Newsweek says Russian chemical weapons in Ukraine could see NATO troops deployed. UK. The UK's Undersecretary of the Armed Forces, James Heapy, has said that all possible options are on the table in terms of how the West might respond if accusations that Russia used chemical weapons on Ukraine are confirmed. We heard this with Peter Ducey as well. He asked Joe Biden, you know, he said, you, you alluded to using chemical weapons in, in, in Ukraine against the Russians. He said, if Russia uses chemical weapons, we'll respond in kind. Biden said, as I mean, that it means, you know, we're going to respond with, you know, force. And then Deucey's like, what does that mean? I ain't telling you. It could mean NATO troops. But what's the, what's, what's the, what's the likelihood Russia's actually going to use chemical weapons? Well, NATO certainly thinks it's likely or possible. Euro News reported on March 25th, chemical weapons, NATO to provide Ukraine with equipment to counter Russian threat. We've already heard the propaganda. We've heard the statements to Congress. When Marco Rubio said to the Undersecretary of State that, um, you know, if there's a chemical or biological weapon in uh, attack in Ukraine, you have, there's no doubt in your mind that it would be the Russians. Newland said it would be the Russians. And if that happens, they're going to say, oh, oh, well, now we have to go in. That's our red line. I mean, we've got, we've got U.S. troops in Syria. When did that happen? Right? How long until we just go on the ground in Ukraine? Perhaps soon. We have this story from iNews. Sweden and Finland joining NATO could tip the balance against Russia in a way that creates new problems. Oh, man. Russia warned him not to do it. Sana Marin, Finnish prime minister. I mean, they've expressed very serious uh, a desire to join NATO. And if they do... Would Russia retaliate? Would Russia say Europe has fallen to our enemies and we must fight back? I think that's what's already happening. 
Now, some have said that it's going to be a limited operation. Take a look at this map from the BBC. Areas of Russian military control in Ukraine. We can see Ukrainian counterattacks happening up through the north of Ukraine near Kiev. We have split between Russian military control and Ukrainian counterattacks near Kharkiv. But when you look at the eastern the Donbass region, all the way down to Crimea, Putin is winning. This is one of the latest updates. Take a look at this. The eastern region is under Russian military control. They've created their land bridge to Crimea. Luhansk, Donetsk, Kherson, and Crimea, of course. And Russia is advancing near Mykolaiv. Probably pronouncing that wrong. But what about this story from the AP? Russia hits Lviv, prepares for an assault in eastern Ukraine. This is what we were, were, we were worried about. Now, I was told by people, all Putin's going to do is going to split the country in half down the, uh, the Dnieper River. I think it's the name of it. That's not what we're seeing. He's hitting the east. Nah. Putin does not want NATO uh, uh, sympathetic government in, in, in Ukraine. For those that aren't familiar, I'll, tell, I'll put it this way. When I was on the ground in Kiev talking with people, the way it was presented to me is that Yanukovych, the previous president, was playing both sides. He was going to the West and be like, what are you going to give me? He was going to Russian. What are you going to give me? And he kept leveraging them against each other. The U.S. was basically like, yo, we don't like that. And there was a lot of Western sympathy in Ukraine, particularly in Western cities like Kiev. And so protesters ousted Yanukovych in support, saying we don't want to have anything to do with Russia. People in the city there told me, we know the horrors of the Soviet Union and what Russia did back in the 1930s. We know how bad it was under the Soviet Union up until the, the, the early 90s. It was bad. And it's still been bad, even though it's been 30 or so years. They didn't want to have anything to do with Russia's new federation, new trade federation. So Yanukovych was ousted. But they kind of felt like he was playing both sides. The new administration that came in, I think it may have been Poroshenko. I'm not sure. I think it was a temporary guy and then Poroshenko. Pro-West. Zelensky pro-West. Now Russia's like, I lost all leverage. There's not even a negotiation anymore. The new guys that are coming in are just pushing us off. No. So Russia won't let go. He's going to secure it all. He's going to crush the current government of Ukraine. I think soft power is like, you know, it could be bad because you get corruption, manipulation, but it's better than war. You want to fight a conflict, do it with influence and resources and wealth. There's, there's, there's problems there, but it's better than people going to war. I don't know. So where this ends, I just can't imagine a scenario where Russia is just happy with it. Where Russia is just like, you know, we lost, but... Okay, whatever. Russia says mass strikes launched in Ukraine. Yeah, they're hitting the they're hitting the west now. They're hitting the west, east and the west. I'll at least point out this just because yeah, yeah, yeah World War 3. Here you go. 7 times World War 3 has been wrongly declared or predicted. No, this is it, it honestly is a stupid article. I bring it up because I'm like I recognize the stupidity of being like World War 3. They mentioned a few things. The 16th century Nostradamus followers keep saying it's coming. Yo, I remember back when uh, Israel launched, I think it was Protective Edge. They were, people were like, this could be World War III, man. And the reason was they were like, if they start going in and crushing Palestine right now, a thing so hot, Iran could strike, forcing Russia in. And then all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, yeah. Conflict in the Middle East. Is that really going to be the catalyst? Maybe. 1950. Many people thought the Cold War was World War III, but it never really got to that point. Then we have these ones. 2016, Trump predicts we could have had World War III. Oh, come on, could have. 
Elon Musk says AI may prompt the conflict, but he says it begins. And he's just talking about a fight over artificial intelligence. Trump suggests Obama's handling of North Korea could have. That's not a prediction or a declaration. Former Ukrainian PM, World War III has already begun. Oh, wait. So it's not just Russia. It's also Ukraine. So Ukraine and Russian influences are saying World War III started? Okay. Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe it doesn't matter. We didn't call World War I World War I. There's a funny joke. I can't remember what show I was watching, but someone traveled back in time to World War I. And then it might have been Legends of Tomorrow. No, I don't think it was that. It could have been some DC thing. And then someone's like, uh, they, they said something like, they called it World War One. And then the person went, World War One? What do you mean? Like, it implies there are more. Because they just called it the Great War back then. History is condensed and written by the victors. So right now we could be in a conflict of global strife. It could be civil war happening here. We just had a, we had a Black Lives Matter protester point a gun at a guy in his car. Here we go again. As the temperature warms up, things light up. Maybe he'll stay calm, but with these elections coming up, man, I think we're just in a lull period. Wait till November and, and see how, when Republicans sweep, see how bad it gets 2023 to 2024. Or maybe it won't. I don't know. We could be sitting in World War Three. It could be said in 50 years, World War III began with the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and we won't know until it escalates. So do right by your family and take care of yourselves. Figure out what you need to do. I don't have all the answers for you. I can only show you the news as it comes. I can't see the future. Hindsight is 2020. For the time being, this is the information we have, and maybe it's nothing. Maybe we're just incorrectly predicting World War III. Putin backs off, cries, and goes to bed. Maybe it's something worse. I don't know. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Alex Jones's Infowars has filed for bankruptcy along with two other companies associated with Alex Jones. This is coming after the lawsuits filed against him by the parents in Sandy Hook, and it appears that he's lost. Now, Alex says that he doesn't have a whole lot of money, but he's now being sued again. They're accusing him of hiding something like, I think it's $18 million by funneling it away because of the lawsuit. Alex Jones's lawyers say that's absurd. They just don't have that much money and they actually have massive debt. Now, personally, I find it hard to believe that Alex Jones's Infowars would be that broke. I don't know how much money the guy makes. And admittedly, he lost a lot when he got banned across the board. He went from being on top to being back, uh, you know, with his own private website. Alex Jones does get tons of views. He does sell his own products. So I'd have to imagine he's at least still making a large sum of money. But from my understanding, Jones getting banned was was huge. I mean, it, it took away a lot of his revenue. It didn't stop him. But this lawsuit is something else. You know, I'll be the first to say Alex Jones should not have defamed the families involved in the Sandy Hook uh, tragedies. And, you know, I think Alex now recognizes that he was wrong when he was claiming that there was a false flag or something like that. You see, the parents in Sandy Hook, they're, they're private citizens. They're not, they're not public figures. So the standard for defamation is actually rather low. For Alex Jones, as this massive broadcaster, to come out and say the things he was saying about them, that they were crisis actors or, or whatever. This, we'll, we'll go through the specifics. I don't want to accuse Alex of anything either. But, you know, effectively saying that it was staged or something like that. Yo, you don't play those games. I, I wouldn't stand for CNN doing it. When CNN went after the guy who made the meme, I'll call him out. 
when CNN went after, there was, there was a guy who made a meme, and there was another guy who posted a video of Nancy Pelosi. When these big news organizations go after private citizens, I'm like, nah, dude. Uh, now, now, to be fair, I don't like it when they go after anybody with lies. Now, Alex Jones, say, say what you want. He was wrong about this one. And so for that, you get sued. Can I just point out one thing, though? It's really, really annoying that when these big media companies constantly do this, they almost never get uh, held to account. But I do got to point out Covington kids. I mean, Nick Sandman did get a, a settlement from many of these media companies. I believe those cases, some of them still may be ongoing because there are a lot of people involved. This Sandman kid, man, he may be, uh, uh, he may be uh, comfortable for some time. I don't think he's getting $250 million or anything like that. Maybe he got a hundred grand, who knows? And he probably smiled and said, dude, I'll take it. But look, the media wants to smear somebody you get accountability. And when they got held to account because of Covington kids, well, there you go. I got to say, though, in my view of what's happening with Alex Jones is it's going a bit above and beyond. Jones apparently offered to settle with the families for like $120,000 each, and they rejected it, saying they wanted a public reckoning or something. And they're in, and it's, kind of, it's kind of weird. I, Alex Jones already apologized. He's already said he was wrong. He already offered to pay. You won. Why keep going? Well, I do think politics plays a role in this because right now there are a bunch of political individuals who are cheering on the shutting down or the bankruptcy of Infowars. I don't believe bankruptcy will stop Alex Jones from doing the work he's doing. In fact, I think bankruptcy is protecting him. That's what these people don't, don't understand. I'm seeing these people on Twitter are like, yes, Jones is filing for bankruptcy. And they're all cheering for it. And I'm like, yo, bankruptcy just means he can keep going on with his work and his business will keep running and you can't take the money from him. So it's a, a good thing for him. It's protection. It's filing chapter 11, I guess. I want to talk about this story, but I also want to talk about Elon Musk because I think there's a bit of an overlap in the attack on speech. There are powerful interests, and Veritas as well. There are pow powerful interests that will fund lawsuits, and they will find that attack vector. And uh, we saw it start, not necessarily start, but we saw a big play with Hulk Hogan and Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel paid the, uh, I, I believe, it's been a long time since I covered the story, but, you know, funded Hulk Hogan's lawsuit against Gawker and basically destroyed Gawker. But Gawker was gutter trash. Well, we all cheer for that. Now they're all cheering, cheering for Alex Jones filing for bankruptcy. You see, here's what you got to understand, though. Take everything from him. Take everything from Alex Jones. And what is left? Alex Jones. The dude could take a cell phone and make a successful show. People like watching him. That will never be taken away. Gawker was a faceless organization that was crushed, and now its rotting zombie corpse, corpse plagues the internet with more trash articles as they keep trying to resurrect it. As an individual, Jones is effectively, his media presence is, it's never ending. But let's get started with talking about what's going on with this Infowars bankruptcy suit. And then with Elon Musk, the news is that they just enacted the poison pill right away. And there's some, there's questions about the political play here. Could it be? That the reason the Twitter board is trying to block Elon Musk is because once he gets access to the company, he'll see they lied under oath to Congress? Perhaps. Is it possible that powerful special interests are not interested in, 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 in money? They're going after people like Alex Jones. They're going after people like Elon Musk. They do not want the machine to be challenged. They want ideological control of these machines. The reason, you know, I, I want to make sure I can, I can show you, I can explain this, this connection better because they do seem to be separate stories, but I think you get it. Many people got banned. 
right? There is a, there is an effort to silence Alex Jones, Donald Trump, Milo Yiannopoulos, Laura Loomer, prominent right-wing personalities. And it's been particularly effective, not at getting rid of their voices, but at least damaging their businesses. Now, as you know, Timcast has been under siege, but you know what they're what they're doing to us is for the most part is just threatening our lives to something entirely different. But we do have activists coming after us. We're just too, I guess, milk toast to really be on the radar of a lot of these big players. And you know, we don't play, we don't, we don't do the things that many of the other outlets do. We're fairly middle of the road. You know, almost like real journalism. Hmm, hard to go after. Here's the story from the New York Times. Alex Jones' Infowars files for bankruptcy. I do want to quickly mention, if you want to support our work amid all of this stuff, because we we are getting threats and being attacked, people are trying to shut us down, go to TimCast.com, become a member, help support our work. As a member, you get access to exclusive episodes of the TimCast IRL podcast. We had an excellent religion discussion with Michael Knowles and Jeremy Boring of the, The Daily Wire. And you're helping keep our journalists employed, which is incredibly important. I'm, you know, I explained to people and they're like, what's your end goal, Tim? And I said, look, I could buy a Ferrari, right? I don't want a Ferrari. I want a newsroom that does a good job. And that means that news needs to be readily available to people so they can see the facts. That's a challenge. How do you sell a product that needs to be free? If your ethos is information should be free, how do you monetize that? You guys, if you want to see more of that, just about the mission, become a member at TimCast.com. Help fight back against those who would seek to silence the truth. The New York Times. Oh, and share this video. How about that? The New York Times. Smash the like button. All right. Now, anyway, the New York Times writes three companies affiliated with far right broadcaster and conspiracy theorist Alex Jones. Among them, the media outlet Infowars filed for Chapter 11 protection on Sunday in U.S. bankruptcy court for the Southern District of Texas, according to court documents. Infowars is facing multiple defamation lawsuits from families of the victims of, San, uh, of Sandy Hook. We, we, we know that. We know that. Two other companies connected to Mr. Jones, IW Health and Prison Planet TV, also filed for bankruptcy protection on Sunday. Last September, Mr. Jones lost two defamation lawsuits filed in Texas by victims' families because he failed to provide requested information to the court. Months later, in a case representing the families of eight others involved in the shooting, uh, other families involved, a Connecticut judge ruled that Mr. Jones was liable by default because he had refused to turn over documents ordered by the courts, including financial records. The rulings delivered sweeping victories for the families. And I want to pause there. My understanding is that this, that's, uh, uh, well, I'll put it this way. I have spoken to Mr. Jones and asked him uh, a while ago. What he said was these default rulings actually have like a uh, um, a time period contingency. It's not that he just lost. It's that he's in default and now he has six months to not be in default. So they call it a sweeping victory. But at least what I'm told is it doesn't mean they've lost. More importantly, Jones's lawyers maintain they did provide all of the information, but that the courts wouldn't accept it. They said, no, it's not all the information. They're accusing Alex Jones of hiding. So check this out. The AP report on April 8th, Alex Jones accused of hiding assets over Sandy Hook lawsuits. They're saying, I think it's 18 million. Jones is accused of drawing about $18 million from his Infowars company over three years, starting in 2018 when the lawsuits were filed. He's also, uh, Jones is also accused of claiming a dubious $54 million debt around that time to another company, which the lawsuit alleges is indirectly or directly owned by Jones. Now, I reached out to, to Jones about the filing, and I think he's going to, I think he may already have a statement out, but the, the general idea is that this is going to put everything on the table. They want to accuse him of, of hiding money. 
Filing for bankruptcy means the court is going to get all of his documentation. Perhaps that's the strategy. If he gives all of the documents to the court and they say, nope, we don't accept it. You're in default. What are you supposed to do? If you don't, how do you, how, how do you give documents you don't have? Well, file for bankruptcy, give the courts every record for your business. And then that court's going to be like, no, that's everything. You can't deny that. Now you can accuse Alex Jones of lying or hiding money or whatever. That's fine. I don't know. I don't, I don't have access to his documents. And I, I got to say, fault starts with Alex. He's the one who defamed these private citizens. They have a right to sue him. But certainly at a certain point, they are, it, it does seem like there are special interests that are just going to, that are going for the destruction of Infowars. I mean, so many people are cheering for this. They say Mr. Jones for years spread bogus theories that it was, you know, a part of a government plot what happened in uh, Sandy Hook. Because of the falsehoods, families of the victims have found themselves routinely accosted by those who believe the false claims. Among those are the parents of Noah Posner, who have moved nearly 10 times, live in hiding, and live in hiding. The Zandiac families maintain that Jones profited from spreading lies about their relatives, uh, about the tragedy. Jones has disputed that, while for years failing to provide sufficient records to bolster his claims. Here's the challenge. While Alex Jones was making these claims, he was making money. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's hard to know if the money was made from those claims. But I can only say this, you know, I'm very careful with language for one reason. It's not really about getting sued. It's about being right. So you'll notice when I'm not sure I'll say it's being reported about this because we can't verify these claims. I don't want and, I, and I'll tell this. I'll say this, too. Often there are stories I won't cover unless there's hard proof. Sometimes there are stories that are hard to verify, but are such so expansive or you know, overwhelmingly seem to be the case, I'll cover them, but I will always make sure to say, hey, fact check this, guys. This one's tough. I want to be careful. It's not about being sued. It's about doing the right thing. I want to contribute to you having a better understanding of the world so you can understand what's going on with stories like this. You know, for instance, I just did the video about the threats against me. Some people told, uh, many people said, do not talk about it. And I said, shouldn't people know what is happening in the world. And if this was a different personality, we'd have said everything is that we could. For security and safety reasons, we do often try and, you know, keep certain specifics under wraps. And I did, like, we don't want to compromise any investigations. But I think you need to have at least a general understanding of how, of how the world works if you're going to vote properly. If you're going to understand deep moral and philosophical questions about all this. They say, Last uh, month, a Connecticut judge found the radio host in contempt for failing to sit for a deposition in order that he be fined $25,000 for the first weekday he fails to appear for testimony. Now, I don't know exactly what happened here, and I haven't talked to Alex about it, but apparently he said he had a you know, medical issue, but then appeared on his show, and so they're accusing him of lying. In court filings, Infowars said it had up to 49 creditors, as much as 50000 in assets, and up to $10 million in estimated liabilities. The two other companies said they also had up to 49 creditors, with IW Health stating it had up to $1 million in assets, while Prison Planet TV said it had up to 50000 This I believe. 
IW Health, what is that? InfoWars Health. They probably do hold, they're the sales arm. There's what make, they are what makes the money for Jones. If Alex Jones is running InfoWars, but spending money on production and then selling his own products, it stands to reason the products are where the money is at. Filing for Chapter 11 protection allows a corporation or partnership to reorganize, according to the government. The business may propose a plan to keep running and to pay creditors over a period of time. So what may happen is that Alex Jones may end up being liable for the, 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 uh, the lawsuits, but bankruptcy will allow him to main, take the money and disperse it as needed to maintain the business. So if you get sued and they're like, you owe us 50 million and you're like, well, I can't pay you the 50 million if I go out of business, right? Okay. The protection means if I get a million bucks a month, then I got to use 800 for costs and 200, you know, then there's a certain amount of money that needs to be put in, you know, emergency funds. You might only end up paying 20 to 50,000 per month to the people who've sued you. I mean, what are you going to do? There's something called judgment proof, and it's where someone is broke, so suing them is pointless. And then those people, they typically, typically can come after you, and it's, what do you do? How do you sue them? In this instance, Jones seems to need bankruptcy protection. Now, I want to move over to the story about Elon Musk, because I do think there's an overlap with the attack on free speech, though there's not too many big developments. I do think it's still important to mention in this, in this greater segment. Somebody, uh, this is General Flynn. I don't know if it's the General Flynn, but there's a post going around claiming it's from Flynn saying, hey, Elon, have you considered that Twitter is blocking your offer because they were afraid you'd obtain documents proving they shadow ban and censor, which would contradict sworn testimony made before Congress? This could be an Enron type scenario you've uncovered. Let's get this to Elon. I want these bastards exposed for the corrupt, smug, arrogant thugs they are. Perhaps Twitter has officially filed its poison pill plan with the SEC. This is why I bring these things together. I genuinely think Alex Jones aired when he accused the Sandy Hook families of being part of some plot. I do, however, think that there are special interests who, can, who will take any make any possible move for political power. That is to say, there are probably a lot of people who are, who are looking to go after Alex Jones at any chance they can get. The same with Donald Trump, the same with any of these other personalities. I think for us here at TimCast is that we're so standard run-of-the-mill, milk toast. The only real strategy against us is death threats because we don't do anything. I, I, I pull up stories. I talk about them. I try and be honest, truthful, respectful, and careful. So what happens? Death threats. As for everybody else, they'll hit you in the, po in the, in, in the, in the pocketbook. The poison pill story is interesting because Elon Musk, perhaps he'll uncover illicit dealings. I don't know. But there are powerful interests. There are big organizations, wealthy organizations that are refusing to take a premium deal from Elon Musk. He's offering him more money than the stock is worth. Cash out, take the money. Why keep it? Why cross your fingers? Well, perhaps it's a fair point that, you know, in a year, Twitter will be worth more money. That's the idea. But it's ridiculous. Twitter, I mean, may be worth more money by virtue of inflation, but the company is struggling. At least that's what Reuters reported. What did, what did they say? You know, is um, it was it was just uh, underperforming, serial underperformer. They said, "Why would you invest in Twitter?" I'm, I'm it's been a long time, but I, I'm pretty sure I had Twitter stock a while ago when it was trading really low, like 15 bucks, and someone convinced me to sell it, saying, "Like, look what they're doing to the company." I'm like, "That's a good point. Banning all of these people is bad business. It's not good for business." 
They're going to lose users. You don't like Alex Jones? Well, how many millions of people quit Twitter because like that's the only reason they were there? Getting rid of your actual entertainment? Fine. Twitter can become an activist microblog and everyone else will go somewhere else and you'll make substantially less money. Bad investment. Elon Musk comes in. I bought 22 shares, about a thousand bucks. Not that big, but I did. Why? I'm like, this is good. Elon's going to fix the company. Stock's going to be worth it. It's a good investment. Now these dirty games are being played with the poison pill. Perhaps they will not allow Elon Musk to actually gain control of the company. And perhaps the real reason, political power. There are these big companies, Vanguard, BlackRock, State Street. You control enough of these companies and you have power. The power of Twitter is the political discourse. If you can control political discourse and conversations, you can make or break any of your investments. I mean, think about it. If I own Twitter, my company, I can be like, hey, we don't like it when when anti-establishment individuals criticize us. Ban them. What are you going to do? It's a private business. I can do what I want. Let's say I launch a product. Let's say I launch a, a book. Tales from the Inverted World, Ghosts of the Civil War, coming soon. We're really excited for this book. Is TimCast.com going to disparage its own product? No. So then what happens is Pop Culture Crisis, one of our shows, maybe they want to critique the culture that is Tales from the Inverted World. I say no, right? Now, in reality, I wouldn't. If, if, if the guys over at Pop Culture, if the crew over at Pop Culture Crisis didn't like Tales from the Inverted World and want to talk about it and said they didn't like it, then, you know, fine. If it got, you know, licensed into a movie or something and then they made fun of it, I'd be like, well, you know, these things happen. Because that's how I operate. That's why I, you know, that's my mission. But do you think big companies like Vanguard are going to be happy with Twitter allowing people to disparage all of their other properties? Better yet, do you think they'd be happy if someone on Twitter is promoting their stocks and making them more money? Well, of course, of course they would. It's political power. That's the power of Twitter. And that being said, I'll also give an honorable mention to our good friends over at Tesla, because when you go, when you pull up uh, the data as of April 14th from CNN Business, guess who the, the biggest stake is, you know, listed? The top 10 owners, Vanguard, Capital Research, BlackRock, and State Street. I think it's State Street. It's SSGA. I think that's State Street Global Advisors. It says SSGA funds management. management. So, so maybe, maybe not. But either way, Vanguard and BlackRock are right at the top. They got stock in Tesla. They got stock in, 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 in Twitter. We're sitting here saying like, whoa, something shady is going on with Elon Musk. It's like, yeah, well, you know, they hold s- stock in his company too. I think Elon's the biggest shareholder in, uh, uh, I thought he was. Pretty sure he is because, yeah, if you look at uh, Vanguard Group's, to- Group's total value, it's $63 billion held in, in Tesla. Now, that's interesting. I don't know exactly how it all breaks down, but the point is, yeah, I don't trust anybody. You know, it's it's all one big happy family tree, isn't it? This doesn't mean Elon Musk is a bad guy. No, I think what he's doing is good. I think this may be one of the most important battles in the culture war. I mentioned earlier that if they wipe out Infowars, Alex Jones still exists and he can take a cell phone and he'll be able to do his show, even if they take his studio from him and everything. If Elon Musk gets Twitter and they put and they put Jones back on Twitter, it will help him massively in the event of this. This is why I think we got to pay attention to the big picture media and big tech social media. So we'll see how things play out with Alex. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then.
The Timcast crew has made it back from Nashville, and boy, did we have a blast. We got to hang out with basically everybody. I got to join backstage live, hanging out. It was uh, Andrew Clavin, Michael Knowles, Matt, uh, uh, Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, Jeremy Boring. We did this really cool setup where in the middle of IRL, I get up from the show. There's a remote camera. It plugs into our, our feed, and then backstage live is on both because I'm on their show. They're my guests. I'm, a, you know, So they're on my show. I'm on their show. We're both each other's guests for this, this big show, and it was really, really amazing. We even got to do a special episode with Ben Shapiro, which wasn't live. We had to pre-record it, but that went up yesterday with Jonathan Isaac as well, NBA star. Just a really, really great time hanging out there. But something else happened, which is the the point of this story. Tim Pool cancels Nashville show after credible death threat against his life surfaces. Yes, uh, this is this is true, and uh, it's not completely unusual. So I don't have. All of the details, it was not my venue, but uh, let me just break it down. We had John Rich, legendary country musician, all around great dude, uh, on the show. And during the show, someone super chatted us saying, John, are you going to take Tim out in the caddy and, you know, show him around town? And John was like, you want to ride in the Cadillac? And I'm like, yes, yes, sir. Amazing. And then he was like, why don't we go down to my venue, Redneck Riviera, we'll jam a little bit. And I was like, oh, I don't know if we could do that. Are you sure? Because I'm sure someone's going to be playing, they'll be booked, and then we're going to boot him off stage. And he's like, you know, we'll throw him a big tip. I'm sure they'll be happy for the break. We'll jam for a little bit. We'll do a show, you know. And I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it. So that was the plan. Saturday at 1.30, our plan was to show up to this venue and to hang out on stage. Now, there are some issues there, right? It's not just about me. It's also John Rich. I mean, the dude's a mega celebrity, like a superstar. And so I'm thinking, like, this is going to be crazy. Like, for one, I know our fans are going to want to be there, but John Rich is also going to be there. Like, it's going to be amazing. You know, I really felt it was going to be uh, it was going to be magical. It was going to be a one of a kind thing where you're just hanging out in downtown Nashville and you've got this country music superstar. Then you've got the crew from Timcast. We're all playing music and hanging out that it would have been packed. It would have been incredible. Well, the morning as we are getting ready to make our way to, we are packing up our gear, getting ready to go out and head to meet up with John. A phone call apparently came in, a direct death threat against me. That's fine. I don't care. I said, I was like, I don't care. Let him, this stuff happens all the time. You know, guys, there, there, there are some deep moral questions pertaining to talking about things like this. And there are, some, there are a lot of people who are like, don't ever talk about it, ignore it. And I'm just like, that, that really pisses me off. If this was any other news outlet, any other commentator, any other event, we would be talking about it. I would be talking about it. But because it's about me, I shouldn't. And people say, one of the things is like, you manifested, you keep bringing it up. And I'm like, so if this was... Jeremy from the quartering, and I'm bringing him up specifically, but if like something bad was happening to him, by telling people they're targeting him, I'm making it worse. I don't agree with that. Jeremy covered what happened, and I, I, okay, absolutely, because we talk about this stuff, and we should, because it's a huge component in the problems we face right now in the culture war. But, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll get into, you know, I'll mention a little bit about his video and other videos, too, in a second. But uh, uh, tremendous respect uh, for, for Jeremy and for him wanting to cover this and all that stuff. So when people tell me I shouldn't, I'm like, I look at it the same way. If something was going to happen to him, I'd definitely be talking about it. But let's go back to what happens with this phone call. I tell him right away, I don't care. Let him come. I get emails all the time. 
uh, you know, every so often you'll get an email and it says something threatening or it's a veiled threat because people try to uh, be careful. You know, we, we did an event a few years ago and they threatened to burn the theater down. Um, you, you think I'm exaggerating? Let me see. Here we go. <clears throat> From the Philadelphia Inquirer. After threats and outrage led New Jersey theater to cancel a conference on racism, free speech, advocates meet in Philly. I just think cancel culture is getting completely out of control. Yeah, so uh, we tried to put on an event. It was headlined by Daryl Davis, famed uh, opponent of racism. Uh, just a guy who convinced Klan members to, you know, leave the Klan and give away their robes to him. And he's a black jazz musician. And they, they threatened to burn the theater down. These things happen all the time. When that happened, I said, F them. We're doing the show. The theater refused. And I said, you can't breach the contract. We warned you about this and we told you you needed security. We planned that a year in advance almost. And they were like, we're not doing it. Don't, we don't care. We'd rather you sue us and we'd rather we lose than deal with the threats of having the theater burned down. So let's go back to Redneck Riviera. I said, they can threaten me. I'm going to do the event. Well, here's the problem. They actually apprehended a guy. Uh, he wasn't charged with anything. I don't know too much. And I can't say too much because uh, of what I do know, because there's probably an ongoing investigation. But somebody was actually detained. The police were, were, were involved. And it appeared that uh, uh, at least this is what I'm, this is how it's explained to me. And, you know, somebody actually was trying to make an attempt and they were caught early or something happened. I don't know what that means. I, I honestly, I don't believe it. Uh, I, I've seen, I've seen what was sent and I'll just say like, there was a guy, there was some weird stuff going on and they believed that someone was, was plotting something. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with all of that. I don't. What I do know is that once they told me that I said, well, what's our real risk assessment then? I mean, if, 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 if the police know about this, they're like, look, man, you know, John, especially he's a good dude. He's just like, you got kids out here in Nashville, man. You know, and he tweeted about this a little bit. And I was like, that's it. You're right. It's not about me. I can, I can stand up and pound my chest and be an arrogant, arrogant, cocky little, you know, prick all I want and be like, I'm going to do a show. I don't care about none of this. And there's going to be a 10 year old kid walking down the street in downtown Nashville with his parents going to buy an ice cream cone. And if some lunatic storms in and tries doing something, it's not about me. It's about the people who are around me. Which brings us to some of the deeper philosophical questions. Because obviously there's, there's um, concerns that we have here. We, we, we do have security. Um, we are armed. We take this all very seriously. And of course, we've been swatted eight times. We've had the bomb squad deployed. And now this. Here's the fascinating thing. Here's the fascinating thing. You know, there's people asking questions like, man, why is, why is Tim so hot right now? Like, why is this happening? I'm not. Look, it's a public venue. I have a million followers on Twitter. We get millions of views in the podcast. One of the most, uh, one of the biggest podcasts, I guess. I don't know. It's hard to track podcast metrics, but I'll, I'll put it this way. Some of the biggest podcasts on iTunes only get a couple hundred thousand views per episode. Timcast IRL gets just over about a hundred thousand per episode on iTunes. So we're not ranking all that high there, but we get 400 to 500,000 unique viewers per episode in less than 24 hours on YouTube. So we're getting 600 to 700 plus the clips we put up get another million or so. So all in all, 
we end up getting like, I think on just that show alone, we end up with around like one point something. No, no, no. Maybe it's like 900 to a million uh, unique viewers every day on this podcast. So it's certainly big. Getting death threats is normal. All right. The issue is no one tells you it happens. And the truth is, neither do I. When I get threats, when I get emails, I usually just ignore it. I ignore it. What are you going to do? Am I going to be like, guess I can't go to the gas station anymore? No, I'm going to live my life. And you recognize that when you're on the top, I'm not saying I'm on the tippy top, but when you're climbing that mountain, people can look up and they can see you. And you, you, I'll put it this way. Imagine there's a mountain. Everybody's trying to climb on top. Not everybody is trying to be the biggest and the best, but they just like climbing. For me, that's what it's like. Every day, I like going out there. I'm building this building. I'm putting, you know, I'm laying the bricks every day. Well, eventually, as I'm making my way up this mountain, there's millions of people out the base of the mountain, many of whom would like to start climbing, many of whom who wouldn't. And they all look up and they see how high I've gotten. Now, when I look down, I see, I see just a large group of people. But on the ground, they can see just me. That means I'm a target. That happens a lot. The reason this story went out is because I had to announce we were canceling the event. I will not take responsibility for what some crazy person does, and I will not ignore the serious nature of what's happening, and I will not keep that from people. There was concern that, um, you know, as we've been swatted, as we receive death threats, that talking about it will make it worse. I think people have a right to know. I think, as I stated, if it was anyone else, we would be talking about it, and so would they. And I think they should. I think we should bring this up. When it came to this event, I had, I had a few options. I could have said, guys, unfortunately, for an undisclosed reason, we have to cancel the event. People would have been very, very upset with me. Many people may still have gone. I could have said, due to a, a scheduling conflict, the show is canceled. And then people would be really, really upset with me. And I could take that responsibility. I think that's fair. I could say, you know, what? They, should, they, they can be mad at me instead of anybody else if it means the safety of many people. However, that isn't the safety of many people. No, what if people end up going to a place where someone threatened me? And I feel bad for John because it's his venue, but that happened. And so I tweeted about it because I think people need to know that there was a serious threat because it's not about me. Even if I don't show up, what if someone else does? What if someone else shows up kind of looking like me and someone's like that? Ah. No, I think people should know exactly why it happened and make the appropriate decision for them that I should not withhold or obfuscate the serious nature of what's going on, especially at a public venue. Now, when it comes to the swattings, when it first happened, it happened live on camera. Well, that I had to be like, okay, that just happened. The next several times it happened, there was like, we're, we're in the show and we're told cops are coming up. Okay, I didn't want to say anything. I wasn't going to bring it up, but here we go. The last time it happened, I tweeted it out and just said, it has zero impact on anything we do. It is a negligible occurrence. We tell the cops show up every time. They do their sweeps. We're good. We also have security. I don't like the idea of living, living in this world where we, we hide the realities of the world. Let me show you a story. This is from The Independent. Kim and Khloe Kardashian spark backlash after video alleges they cut lines at Disneyland. Here's, here's what the image says. When the Kardashians cut the line, get the ride to themselves and make us common folk wait and watch them. Typical. It seemed like forever. Yes, that was the story. 
I, I didn't cover this, but everybody was outraged. The horrible things they were saying about the Kardashians. My friends, let me defend the Kardashians. I think you already know where I'm going with this. I was stupid. I thought that I could go on my show and be like, we are going to be at this venue and we're going to do a show and it's going to be awesome. A free show, meet and greet fans. I thought I could do that. And then sure enough, this is what happened. We had hung out in downtown Nashville. I had gone to some of these venues. We, we were hanging out at Mellow Mushroom. Awesome. We watched a, a, a young performer. I forgot her name. Kay, Kaylee something Rose. Mm, sorry, I forgot your name. But watched her perform. And I was like, Nashville's awesome. And I was like, I'd love to come out and do this. But you can't announce it on a big show to, to every person in the world because crazy people will come and hurt you. Kim Kardashian. When this story happened, you know, I understood. Everybody was like, mm, they're so mean cutting the line. Why did they cut the line? Let me break it down for you. Disney probably would not let them in the park unless they were escorted by security and kept away from regular people. Do you, th when it comes to these venues and threats, we tried putting on a, a show in 2019 and Antifa threatened to burn the theater down. The theater would not let us do the show. It doesn't matter what we want. I wanted to do it. And we did it. We just did it at a, at a casino. And the casino laughed. They were like, let them see, you know, let them try to breach our security at a casino ain't going to happen. But it cut our capacity in half. And several hundred people were not able to come to the show. Kim Kardashian wants to go on a ride with her kids. She deserves to, right? I know she's super rich, but she should be allowed to go on a ride once. And now it really does suck for the regular people who watch her cut and can't go on the ride because she's using the teacups. Seemed like forever. Seriously, how long is the teacup ride? Five or 10 minutes, something like that. Disney probably told her, at Disneyland, any ride you go on has to be secured. We cannot have you near patrons. Why? I will not be sued by Kim Kardashian if a patron attacks her. That's what Disney was probably thinking. She goes to the ride and security says, ma'am, the only way you're going on this ride is if we keep everyone else off, because once you're on that ride, we cannot protect you. And Kim Kardashian probably gets death threats 50 to 100 times per day. This is the only way she would actually be able to go on the ride. Perhaps you say then she shouldn't go on the ride. I lean a little bit in that direction, to be completely honest. I know the life I've chosen. I've accepted the risks. What about everybody else? And therein lies the big problem. What about everybody else? She can't go on the ride at all. She can choose to walk away. And I say I lean a little bit in that direction. Right. Imagine she went on this ride and said, I want to go on the ride. I will not keep people out. I accept those risks. And then a crazy person jumps out of their teacup, rushes to attack Kim Kardashian, hurts a child at Disneyland. Disneyland has security and all that stuff, for sure. But a person need only their fists or a belt or even a shoe. I mean, a shoe is probably not going to hurt someone too bad, but they could seriously hurt a child. What if, the, what if they get out and cause damage to the ride? You don't know. And therein lies the big challenge. You know, everybody, everybody wants to be on top until they realize, you know, the higher up you are, the longer the fall, the easier it is, you, you, you know, you're a target. High ground has, it, has its advantages, of course, but not when the base, when, when you're one person surrounded by millions, certainly you have a high ground advantage. Being rich, you can, pop, you can buy security. You can afford to, uh, you know, uh, go on rides by yourself and things like that. But now you have to. Let's talk about those deep moral conundrums, all right? 
I want to talk about... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Deep moral conundrums. I'm going to talk about psychology in happiness. The one thing, one piece of advice I got when I was younger, I was hanging out at this event. It's like a campaign fundraiser when I was like 21 or something. And this guy said, don't be famous. Just to be rich. Don't make that mistake. Sometimes you don't have a choice. I mean, sometimes like the work you do makes you famous. And if you want to do that work, you will be famous and with all the risks. Being rich is better. Being rich, you can walk around and nobody knows who you are. Uh, I mean, maybe you're wearing really nice shoes and some bad guy sees those nice shoes and says, that guy's rich. Uh, you can still hire a bodyguard. But for the most part, anonymity. You can walk into a restaurant, nobody says anything to you. For me, People seem, it must be nice. You know, they run up to you and they say how much they respect you and they love your work. I having cars honk at me, especially in Nashville, for sure. Except when you've got far left extremists who threaten you. So it's, it's, it's pros and cons. You can be rich without being famous. You can be famous without being rich. That's probably the worst of it. High profile YouTubers who don't make money but are known by everybody. That's a tough life to live. This article from The Cut that I pulled up, talks about a classic psychology study on why winning the lottery won't make you happier. They make it really, really simple, okay? It's, it's, it's a long-known story that a lottery winner, one year after winning, registers the same level of happiness as a paraplegic one year after their accident. And that's truly crazy. And that's why, you know, I think for a lot of people who have contemplated self-harm or anything like that, it's like, you can, you can make it through. You really, really can, no matter how bad life is. Because happiness, it really is relative. Now, of course, I'm sure most people would prefer to be rich and content than, you know, seriously injured and content. No, 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 for sure. But to these individuals in their lives, they, they, they figure it out. Humans adapt. So the question is, is it really worth climbing to the top of the mountain? Will you really be happier? The truth is, no, you won't. Seriously, you won't. You won't. I don't, I don't wake up every day and think, how can I be famous? There are many circumstances where I turn down going on shows because I don't know if I need more of that. We're working on building up other shows on TimCast.com, like Tales from the Inverted World and Pop Culture Crisis. We want to do more shows, but we really need to establish these. And um, they're original shows that we launched. We didn't like go out and buy someone else's presence or show. We just found people that we thought were talented. I don't need to put marketing behind me personally. The show does fantastic. It makes money. I want to put money behind other shows, help other people grow and flourish, kind of spread it around because I would not want to live the way, you know, Tom Cruise has to live. And it's already getting to that point and it's probably inevitable. I'm, I'm as happy as I've been since I was homeless. And that's, that's, that's just the reality. You know, I think about it what life was like. And I'd walk down the street with a smile on my face and my skateboard because I was always challenging myself. Learning a new trick was all I needed to be like, I did it. No one else mattered. Now, I would, you know, uh, I was like, how do I do it? How do I succeed? The question there was really just like, how do I make a living? How do I survive on, on this stuff? 
When I had like 5,000 Twitter followers, I was like, wow, I made it. And that was all that mattered. I had food. I was able to travel around and do whatever I want. Incredible. And then from there, it's just you're, 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 you're laying bricks every single day, building that, that structure that one day leads you to a, a position where now you're at risk. So at a certain point, you know, I say to myself, maybe we uh, don't need to uh, be more famous. Maybe I don't need to be number one on iTunes. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe we can start focusing on other people and we reach that limit because there's pros and there's cons. But uh, so that's, that's the question of happiness. Now for the deep moral and philosophical questions. I despise the fact that much of the world is kept secret for most people. People are concerned right now. They're like, you got a death threat, Tim? There's, people are saying assassination attempt. A little up there. Uh, okay. I don't know exactly what was going to happen. I wouldn't call it that. I was standing in a parking lot when I got word, and then we got in our car and we left. That was about it. And we went and hung out at John's house. It wasn't like anyone fired at me and I had to hit the deck and we we're like, uh, you know, we never even made it to the venue. But there was, it appeared to be based on, um, I, I've been sent information. It looks like some kind of attempt was being made. It was really weird, really creepy stuff. But so, so uh, there's the conflict of, People have said, never talk about it, Tim. And I'm just like, maybe that's part of the problem. I'm sick of it. I ab- I'm absolutely sick of it. All of these people who are facing these threats are just like, don't tell anyone it's happening. You don't, don't put it out there. Don't, you'll make it worse and all that stuff. And I'm like, maybe, but like we had to announce this event. We had to tell people for their own safety why it was being canceled. Other people are now talking about it. We should address it and explain it. For the swannings, like, yeah, we're at the point where, you know, I'm keeping count, but now it's like a simple tweet. I'm not going to address it on the show or anything. I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to create, you know, silly personal interpersonal drama or personal drama. But I think what people don't realize is how awful things are, and it's because people won't talk about it. And that's really it. Messages that I've received being like, I can't believe this happened. I hope you're all right. And I'm like, dude, this happens all the time. But it's just this one time we had to, we had to announce it because it was a public event. Someone threatened to burn down the theater we were putting an event at. Like, that was more than just a death threat against me. This stuff happens all the time. All the time. It certainly happens to people on the left. Well, I'll tell you what. The left won't shut up about it. And so then Jack Dorsey and the board of Twitter and Facebook bend over backwards, of course, to their political advantage, over these issues. And of course, I've had people publish my address on Twitter and they won't take it down. Many people pointed out if this threat happened to anybody, you know, say like a, a mainstream journalist at blue check mark at a major company, they'd be on every night, every night and morning show talking about the serious nature of doing journalism. So as people sit back, as the far left extremists threaten to burn down theaters and then the news story doesn't get covered, the left just says, see, the left doesn't do anything to the right. The right's always just trying to hurt the left. The reality is crazy people are trying to hurt everybody. The left has their share of serious death threats. It happens. It happens a lot. And so does the right. People on the right are often like, I'm not going to say anything. So what happens is you get a public perception that right-wingers are unhinged and attacking the left. Certainly there are people on the right who do talk about it. And, uh, or, you know, the, the right and the left are just hard to understand terms, really. But uh, the liberty faction, I'll call it that. Liberty and the authority, whatever. There are people on the right who get death threats. There are people who are libertari- more libertarian-leaning, people like us, that get death threats. And they're told, don't say anything. Don't tell anybody. Because if people find out, mm, you could manifest, you can make it worse. And I'm just like, 
I'm not going to, this is a show where I explain to people what's going on, where I talk about how the, you know, what I see, how, what I think, what I feel. I despise the world in many ways, the structures that we've created. Uh, the world is beautiful, but I despise these structures where it's like, things are just that way now. I'm like, I disagree. You know, I, I look at how these corporations worked with um, Vice Infusion. I've been to the offices of BuzzFeed and Vox. I've seen exactly how the machine works, and it's disgusting. It's a terrible machine. I don't want to. I don't want to be a part of that. Now I have people saying, "Yeah, but Tim, if you do this, other people are at risk." And I'm like, "Let let this be a message to the people who choose to stand next to me." There's a target on my forehead and my back and my chest and my crotch and my kneecaps and my and my elbows. You want to stand next to that? You better choose to do that because I am not going to bow out. When it comes to people who didn't choose to stand next to me, like the innocent people in Nashville, I have no choice. But when they said, at this event, we're going to burn it down, I said, okay, well, this is an event I'm putting on, and there's going to be security. If you want to be there, that's your choice. With Nashville, we didn't have time to set anything up with security. It was just a public event in downtown Nashville, and I was like, I can't do that. If we're going to do an event, we've got to have serious security, barricades, all that stuff. That's tough. It's kind of a crummy way to live, but that's reality. So I suppose there's the story. Shout out to John Rich. He's amazing. Tim Pool cancels his show. Uh, John Rich said, I hate this, but downtown Nashville on a Saturday is absolutely packed. The safety of the people comes first. I don't talk about every threat we get. I don't give away information in that regard that could result in uh, uh, other people being put at risk. In this instance, I had no choice and we're going to talk about it. I also think sometimes we should, as much as some people might be like, you can never talk about it, don't tell anybody. Sometimes, I think for the most part, I want people to understand how the world works. I did not start doing this job because I wanted to be in a privileged position where I'm safe and protected and that I can be rich. No, I like talking about the things I think of, how I feel, philosophical questions, and the news. Well, all of these things come to a head right now when literally there are stories about me and tons of YouTube videos, and I was trending all weekend. Now people want to hear what I have to say about it, and I'm going to tell them. I don't always talk about every time something bad happens for the 80th time, I'll say it. Sometimes I will. I feel like I have no choice. I want to change. I want to be the change. I want to change the world. I don't want to be another cog in the machine of dominoes falling over where one day you wake up and say, oh, we have to be a big, blind, mindless corporation that treats employees like garbage and lies to people for these reasons. I'll tell you guys another, another truth. There have been <clears throat> circumstances, it's rare, where I've known things about very big cultural stories, but for safety reasons, I can't talk about it. And so that's a reality. I'd love to be like, guys, here's a secret. But seriously, people could get hurt. In this instance, it's myself. I can assume those risks. And I've already warned everybody who works with me over and over again. You know who you're standing next to. And that's who I am. For other people, though, it's not my choice to make. There's the story. I'll leave it there. Assassination attempt. Perhaps that's not unfair I don't know if I know enough about what happened. So that's basically what I'll say about, you know, I think Jeremy's video said assassination attempt. The intel we have suggested that an attempt was being made. There was, a, there was a phone call threat. We don't care about those. But then 
something happened with an individual and they were like, oh, hey, maybe this time it's real. So I just didn't show up downtown. I hung out downtown the week before, had a blast. I love it. Downtown Nashville, so incredible. The next weekend, we were like, mm, uh, we should probably not go there. So things are changing for us over here at TimCast. This is a reality. We've grown so big. We're going to have, uh, I, I check it out. I'm, I'm, we're going to have secret security, overt security. We have, we have security in three ways. Uh, what do we have? Subliminal, liminal, and superliminal. I'm kidding. It's a Simpsons joke. But the idea is there is security you can't see. There's security you can't see. Yep. We, we're, we have security guards that, that blend in. And we have, uh, I'm talking about me personally, like going around and stuff. Have to do it. It's how crazy it's become with the, uh, the, the bomb squad, eight swattings, and now this. You know, why am I so hot? Okay, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be fair. Eight swattings is pretty, pretty intense. You know, people don't get that stuff. But I'm pretty sure Ben Shapiro gets more threats than I do. He just, for the most part, ignores them. I get a lot more death threats than you realize. For the most part, I just ignore them. This was public. It is what it is. That's who I am. You want to you work together? That's how it works. This is reality. I'm not going to lie and hide this. I mean, and think about that too. Imagine if it was like someone wanted to do, wanted me to come to their event and I was like, yeah, yeah, everything will be fine and don't tell them that these things happen. No, you need security assessments. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.